This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the fall of 2022, we're examining Amos, Jonah, Hosea, and Micah, and we're in our second week of studying Micah. Bill Craig is with us again this week. Bill was with us last week. He's our resident Micah expert. So, Bill, thank you for being with us again this week. I am not a Micah expert, but I have enjoyed the time I have used uh, in preparation for this podcast to dig deep into Micah a little bit. I'm definitely not an expert in Micah. What's funny is everybody who's been a guest has said that, but uh, um, it just reminds me of how much more we have to study, even though we've studied a great deal. Uh, session 12, we're looking at Micah chapter 4, verses th- 6 through 8, and chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. The main point here is that peace and security come through obedience to God. First of all, those verses in chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, we've entitled that, In That Day, in these verses, Micah told of a day when God would assemble a people out of those who had been scattered, a people who would return to Mount Zion. God would establish them and rule over them forever. The key point for us is that believers can find hope in God's promise of salvation. The second point in the outline is one will come. And that looks at verses one through six of chapter five. In these verses, Micah told about a future leader born in Bethlehem who would lead after the remnant returned from exile. This humble ruler would shepherd God's people, instituting peace throughout all the earth. This ruler would rescue the people of Israel from invaders securing the land. The main point for us is that we can experience God's peace through faith in Jesus. The last section Verses 7 through 9 of chapter 5, we've entitled, Then the Remnant. In these verses, Micah revealed that the remnant would be evidence of salvation to some and judgment to others. Our point here that we want to focus on is that all people must decide to trust God. Bill, I'm looking forward to this lesson. This is probably one of my, all of them have been my favorite, don't get me wrong, but this is one I'm I'm just excited about because of the, the nature of this lesson. Uh, This first section uh, in chapter four, we see this description of lame, scattered, injured. Um, How would the hearers have responded to the list that Micah presented when he presented this prophecy? Well, I think, uh, well, first of all, Dwayne, let me say thanks for having me here again this week. I enjoy doing this. I think when the people uh, would have heard Micah talk about who Uh, God was going to rescue and and bring back as a remnant, they would have been amazed, surprised. I think some of these leaders, because they were so arrogant, would have scoffed at the idea when he says about these people, I will assemble the lame, I'll gather the scattered, those I've injured, I'll make the lame into a remnant, those far removed into a strong nation. I think these people who are first hearing that are thinking, Well, those are the outcasts of our community. They are the weakest ones. Why would we think that God is going to use them to build a remnant? So I think that uh, group of people would have been surprising and probably one of those times when the prophet is laughed at 
by the spiritual leaders of the day. In chapter 5, verse 1, we see this statement. They are striking the judge of Israel on the cheek with a rod. Who are they talking about here in chapter 5, verse 1? So this is a great question and one that uh, theologians have delved into. It's one of those places where I had to study to get a real understanding of what was going on here. This could have been a reference metaphorically to some of the kings that lived before this time who were under attack by uh, the various armies that have come against uh, uh, Israel, against Judah during the days before they're going into exile. But I love thinking about these verses as being a very specific prophecy about Zedekiah. So if you look at 2 Kings chapter 25 or Jeremiah 39, uh, Jeremiah 52, you see these references to Zedekiah, who's the last king of Judah. And Nebuchadnezzar, when he conquers him, he actually strikes him in the face and blinds him. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity to understand when Micah is prophesying, he's prophesying about something that will happen soon, and it's very specific, and it's a recognition that sometimes when God's Word speaks, it's speaking about a very specific act that's going to happen, which is important because in a little bit later in this passage, we're going to see him speaking about a very specific city where the Messiah is going to be born. So it's, it's the idea that this is a very specific prophecy against Zedekiah. Of course, some people have said oh, this is a reference to Christ when Christ is being crucified and he's struck over the face. And it is possible to think of this passage with that messianic future but it's also important to understand, and we're going to talk about this verse in just a minute, that the very next verse, the very next verse talks about the Messiah that's coming and contrasts the Messiah as a strong leader compared to this weak leader that's being struck in the face. And so that's why, in my mind, I think of this as Zedekiah, the last king being blinded by Nebuchadnezzar as he takes over the city. You mentioned chapter 5, verse 2, um, pack item 12. We, we don't mention this in the, the, the uh, leader guide teaching suggestions, um, but we, uh, we might find it important, helpful, to once again remind our group of the New Testament references of Amos, Jonah, Hosea, and Micah. Uh, because here in, our, in this section uh, on that uh, particular pack item, pack item 12, Micah 5.2 is listed twice because it's quoted in Matthew chapter 2 and it's quoted in John chapter 7. Both of them are references to, obviously, the birth of Christ uh, being born in Bethlehem. Now, why would that have been such a surprise to the people who Micah was addressing here? Well, Bethlehem is a small, insignificant town, and so it would have been surprising that Micah's talking about the future king coming from this small, insignificant town rather than from the city of Jerusalem, the city of kings. Why wouldn't the king come from Jerusalem? 
Why would he come from Bethlehem? It's also the idea that perhaps at this time in history, David's line it has a is is held in a pretty low esteem at this point, and so there is this reference to Bethlehem would be surprising to people because that the importance of David has kind of waned at this point. But uh, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians that God uses the weak and the insignificant and the despised things in this world to accomplish his purposes. So his strength is recognized. And it's important to realize that Bethlehem is the town of shepherds. And so the future Messiah is going to come from Bethlehem, the town of shepherds, rather than Jerusalem, the city of kings. And so it's also important to note that in the hills all around Bethlehem are where the lambs, thousands and thousands of lambs, are raised each year to become the Passover lambs for the nation of Israel. And then they're brought into the temple for the sacrifices that will happen. And they're brought into the homes for Passover meals. And so where did Israel get those thousands of Passover lambs? From Bethlehem, from the shepherds that were there, from the same place that God drew the Passover lamb, Jesus, the lamb of God. And so I think it's amazing that the people would see this small, insignificant town very differently than God views it as the source for where Jesus is going to be born. There's rich symbolism, just like you've mentioned, with the, the, the Passover lamb and all those, uh, those symbols involved in Bethlehem. You mentioned shepherd. Uh, verse 4, we're told that this particular leader will be a shepherd to the people. What's the importance of that term shepherd in verse four? Yeah, that's a great verse. It starts with saying he will stand, meaning he will have his, uh, that's his royalty. He will stand as king, as a shepherd. Uh, the New American Commentary says that the shepherd's responsibility, the shepherd's role is to feed and lead and protect. And so the nation needs a leader who's going to care for the people in that way. Uh, they've had enough of kings who've been trying to, you know, build their own fortunes and their own reputations by creating alliances with false uh, and foreign powers. The future coming Messiah instead is going to care for them like a shepherd cares for the lambs. And so he's going to provide uh, all that they need uh, as the shepherd of the people. This would be a great place when we're teaching to incorporate the Bible skill. It reminds us that Ezekiel wrote about a shepherd king and encourages us to look at Ezekiel 34 verses 17 through 31 and compare that to what we find here in Micah 4 and Micah 5 and then to create a chart, do it as a group, do it as a team or do it in teams and then have the teams report to the group what they find and create a chart of similarities and differences. You could assign half of the, of the folks to look for differences and half the, of the group to look for similarities, and then they bring it all together and look at how those passages, both the Micah passage and the Ezekiel passage, anticipate the coming of Christ. 
but that would be an important way to help us understand, help us see God's redemptive plan throughout scripture uh, being a part of, of what we would see here. Uh, this prophecy bill, was it good news or bad news? Uh, and I bring that because you see this idea of a young lion among the sheep. That to me is not a good picture. Yeah, so it it's easy to see why people might mistake this as bad news. God's judgment is going to be uh, allowed against his people. You're going to have these nations come in and tear up the nation of Israel, and it's going to be scattered and exiled. But this prophecy also includes not only good news, the best good news. It is the gospel that one will come and will be a humble shepherd leader who will be born in the uh, city of Bethlehem. And he is going to restore the kingdom of God through his life as their Messiah. And so this is the best news. It's the gospel. And uh, we ought to recognize it as that. Any other key thoughts or ideas you would share about Micah chapter four and chapter five here, Bill? Well, I do think this is a great time to remind people that there is, there's always this balance of God's judgment with the good news of the gospel. So the good news of the gospel is still the best news that people need to hear. And the opportunity we have to share that good news with people, but it comes to people as good news because they suffer under the consequence of sin in their lives. And the, and the truth is the shepherd who comes to be the, the great king of, of Israel comes into our lives as the shepherd for us, the one who's going to provide strength and security and peace for us. Uh, comes to us in the same way from the small village of Bethlehem. And uh, we receive him as our king and our shepherd. You know, all four of these, these uh, Old Testament books, Amos, Jonah, Hosea, and now Micah, we've seen that same uh, theme, that there is, there's judgment for our sin, but there is hope in the middle of that judgment. We see that in all four of these books. And I, that's, that's exciting to see. You hear folks who say, why do we study the Old Testament? Well, because number one, it's part of God's word, but number two, it continues to point us to Christ. And we see that in all four of these Old Testament books. Thank you for listening to us today. If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at dwayne.mccrary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot m-c-c-r-a-r-y at lifeway.com and i'll do my best to answer your question and if i don't know the answer i'll make sure that i forward your question to the right person who can help you join us next week bill will be joining us for another session we'll be looking at micah chapter 7 and we'll be looking at this idea of hope once again that hope is found in god's promised salvation to those who trust him 